0: Today on the go for bronze podcast, PSVR2 pricing and launch games announced Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2-2 coming next year. Mark fuels up with Mountain Dew and Jack Links. It's the return of the D-Gen.
1: You have stolen my dreams.
0: Yoel celebrates a very special day and we are very proud of him. For all that and more, stay tuned. It's the Gopher Bronze Podcast, and here are the
2: guys. Hello, and welcome to the Gopher Bronze Podcast. I am one of your hosts, as always, Joel. And as always with me is LT, a.k.a. Mark Ace Acevedo. Yes, Lieutenant Ace has been fueling up on Mountain Dew and <laughs> Jack Links. I am Ace. ready and
1: wired to play more Call of Duty.
2: Let's well, start let's start to let's start the show it a proper crack. Oh. Uh, sounds
1: like our live audience o- live audience really enjoyed that. That crack in the That's game. right. <laughs> that's
2: right.
0: Welcome
1: guys.
2: All right, so we're all we're all obviously hyped up. Oh, wait, what the fuck? Oh, we're obviously <gasps> all hyped up on <laughs> my computer glitched out. We're all hyped up on fucking Call of <laughs> Duty, Mark. Tell us about your adventures. Yeah. about right. again the uh So products to support this
1: game. Yeah. So when modern warfare normally comes out or infinity ward call of duty, sometimes they do these promos where you can get like double XP or some stupid charms or skins in the game and Mountain Dew and Jack links and a couple of other companies have done it. And I've, you know, dabbled, spent my time. Why not? Might as well (laughs) go get it. So I can have my operator in game with a fucking Mountain Dew bottle in his actual armored vest Right? That's menacing. So, and a do to do on his helmet. I like that. Yeah. So, I got the 12 pack of Mountain Dew, which I do not drink soda really. And I got that for the double XP and the charm. But what is new today, news to everyone here in the Gopher Bronze family, is the Jack Links. The Jack Links. <laughs> whoever is in charge of marketing over there is stupid and I love you. They put the codes on the outside of the bag.
0: Oh so my I went to God. Walmart today
1: and did some reconnaissance. Snapped do we all a couple have, of pictures. Do, and we, I all was out. do I mean, we all have codes?
0: Do we all have codes?
1: I was able to get two codes. There were only two bags specially marked. And for heads up for anyone out there, this is why you come here. Walmart has a specific flavor of Jack Link's spicy dill pickle pork, and that's the one that has <laughs> the codes.
2: So I went to Walmart. Wait, what the fuck is Jack Link's? Jack Link's Jack is like L- a it's like a beef jerky
1: brand. Let's get the bag. Oh, Let's get the bag. I thought
2: it was... I've been thinking about Jimmy Dean. Yeah, Jimmy... I was thinking it was like frozen sausages. I thought it was frozen meat. No, nah, no, no, no. It's not Jimmy
1: Dean. Yeah, Jack Links. It's like a, like a beef jerky brand. Yeah, beef jerky. Okay. Yeah, and so I got two of those, and that gave me a charm and an operator, because for Jack Links, when you get a code, it'll give you one of like the four <laughs> items
0: did you buy the Jack Links?
1: No, I didn't. I just took the pictures and left. Come on! Wow. I don't know what kind of. I mean, that's just what it is. But it's. I was looking fault.
2: for the. I was looking for the twelve pack uh, Mountain Dews, and I was looking to see if the code was on the outside. They were smart and fucking put it like deep in there. I was actually freaking out when I first bought it because i was like, "Fuck, where's the code at?"
0: Well, Ace was just uh, he was just scanning the price to see if he could get a to a comparable. <laughs> on amazon and then when he got home oh you know there happened to be a bit of a call of duty code on there shout out to jack links (laughs) buy a jack link
1: yeah definitely also (laughs) i i tested because i put the codes in made sure that they went through on my call of duty account and then i tried to put the codes in again just to see and then it's like oh you know you can't use it these codes are already used i was like damn somebody's gonna buy these and be like fuck (laughs)
2: they're gonna be so fucking pissed you know what though this
0: begs the question can we call the customer service line and say that we bought jack links and our stuff was burned so I want a free code so we can get a free one without going to the store
1: Well, you'd probably need a receipt for that there is if they print it on on the the outside of the
0: bag they're not thinking about receipts they just want to get you off the phone here's a code have a jack link a charm a skin have a good night please don't bother me again case closed
1: yeah maybe
2: but that's my theory that's my theory
1: it's their fault for putting it on the outside of the bag yeah i
2: mean that's true maybe one of it's 1000 their fault maybe
1: one of our subscribers will give it a shot story time Story time for us is let's go back three years. Oh, boy. Back to the fall of 2019 when Modern Warfare, the reboot, was going to launch. At the time, I had met Joe at a job. That's how we met. He was a superior to me. And we were so hyped for the game that he let me leave my station to go to Walmart. And Totino's was running a promotion. Right. And Tatino's running a promotion and the codes were also on the outside of the bag. Man, I was a fucking photographer in there. Just rapid fire. I got codes for everyone. Oh,
0: that was awesome. He came back with he came back with like 10 different codes and several of them were burned. Some other people had figured that out. And, uh, and, dude, yeah, I remember sending him over there to get that. And uh, he came back with all those pictures. What did we get for that? We got a watch. We got a The charm, pizza time. Remember, there a was a card.
1: Card, Yeah.
0: Dinner time. Dinner time. It, the watch was called dinner time. Hell yeah. Yeah. So
2: wait, what do you get with the jacklings? Because with the Mountain Dew, you get the skin and the, well, with the 12 pack, you get the hour, double XP, hour weapon XP. Oh yeah,
0: we probably got XP with the Totino's, not to bring it back to dinner time, but I just want to so, throw that out
2: there for what cosmetics do
1: you get with the jack i got you a little breakdown so for the mountain dew one i got the 12 pack the cans i got an hour of double xp the mountain dew operator and then also a calling card animated calling card with the jack links i got an uh sasquatch charm to go on my guns Mm -hmm. and then a (laughs) i mean it's it's so stupid like i have to laugh and then also a a ghillie suit skin for one of the characters for reyes
2: it's covered. It's, the, the, it's like a, it, it's like the ghillie suit, but it's just covered in jack links. <laughs> that's my. That's exactly what I
0: think right there. That yeah, sausage. It's total sausage links all over.
2: So it's that. because a
0: jack link is kind of like flat, like a strip of bacon. That's what
2: I'm saying. It would. It could be like the ghillie suit, like just a bunch of little beef jerky. Straight
0: you. up, straight up. That's how. That's how you hide in a convenience store.
2: But in so the jack something link that section. Joel was
1: telling me with the Mountain Dew thing and. Some of the other skins being on one side, the uh, Jackling skin is on the. I don't yeah, on the opposite side like the good guys. I don't remember. I don't the know name. the names. Yeah. The
2: names are really it's, weird. It's not like so. Co- if
1: you have like a do Cortac and, like, and Specru, I think Cortac yeah. is bad. Specru is good.
2: We still don't know. Yeah, <laughs> nobody knows. It's all
0: perspective, I guess. It's a little bit relative, but yeah, it really. So me. you're saying if you have the do and the link. You could be, you you would always be one of the two.
1: Yes, exactly. And then, not all the promotions running, I won't go through them in detail, but like Little Caesars Pizza is running a promotion, Papayon is running a promotion no. Yeah, Papa Jan G- Papa 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 has promotions oh,
2: oh my, oh, my what, God. Are they, they actually what are they like giving Papa you uh,
1: I'm, a, yeah. I'm not positive I could pull up there's like you know people got spreadsheets with it but I know so
2: Little Caesars I do know gives you a weapon charm with a little pizza box and it says hot and ready
1: okay
0: and then I'm looking for a skin where you get to run around like that little Caesar pizza logo guy <laughs> And you get to throw a spear. That's how they bring back the Cali sticks, I hope.
2: Oh, my God. That'd be fucking amazing. A little
0: little Caesar pizza guy running around with Cali sticks. I'm all about it. I'm
2: excited. I didn't know Papa Young had one. Damn, These companies know what they're doing, though. Shaquille O'Neal
0: needs one.
1: The only company that has one that's not available in the U.S. or the U.K. is Burger King. Burger King is running a promotion in other countries where... You'll get double XP, but you get a Burger Town Fry Cook outfit.
2: What's so up? I mean, you can
1: I mean you can buy one, right? Like people are selling the codes online, but they're selling them for like 30, 40 bucks to people in the US. Right, that's, yeah. that's too filthy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not it's not that necessary, but I mean none of this is necessary, but it's just kind of fun to have. It's just <laughs> Will they accept a check? check? I don't know. Me and you had the idea of like, I wonder if we could VPN and do like a mobile order. And if you yeah. can get a code.
2: Exactly. That's well, smart.
1: You know what? I do know
0: one British address, 10 Downing Street. Let's just that's like the only one I know. That is a European one. Let's send a burger over there. We'll VPN over. All right, we're gonna try this. It is apparently legal. Disclaimer, this didn't happen if it's illegal.
1: Yeah, I also didn't take pictures of those codes. I purchased None the item of- and got the notification that Jack Link's per- Jack Link personally said thank you for your purchase.
0: That is correct. And as noted in the description to the show, portions of this show have been made up.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is for comedy purposes, so don't take it too seriously. But, uh, Joel, I see you have a little banter liner in here that our amazing producer...
2: Might have skipped over. Just fucking skipped right over. That's that's okay. You know, nobody needs to care about me or my life. But uh, yeah, it was that uh, somebody put up with me for a year. I did celebrate my uh, one-year anniversary with my girlfriend yesterday, and that was very fun. That's what I did in my life. And then I also, after that, after we went to the theme parks, went to Universal to celebrate Allah. But then after celebrating Allah, we went to uh, Publix. And then that's when I bought the 12-pack uh, of Mountain Dew, and that's when she regretted all her decisions of being with me. for Yeah,
1: on the anniversary day. That's good.
2: <laughs> on the anniversary day. You were strong. Day. You didn't
1: play. You made sure you dedicated the time correctly.
2: Exactly. I just put it in, though. So I had to make sure I got the... I had to see what the skin looked like, though. Yeah, because these do have... I think I think towards
1: like the middle of the month is when a lot of these promotions end. I think this scene the
2: 16th oh, for a lot of okay, them. Well, yeah,
1: that, I guess, yeah, it's Warzone 2 and... That's when their battle pass will come out so they want you spending money on something else.
2: Oh, shit. Yeah, we got to get all the food things so that we're like the food crew in Warzone. I agree. We got like Jimmy Deans, Mountain Dew, Papayón, Papa Little Caesars. I want the... Uh, I don't know. This is, by the way, the filthiest intro to the podcast we've ever done yeah, so far. Absolutely. I don't know how I'm going <laughs> to get it, but I
1: do want the Burger King one. I'm not going to lie. We're
2: going to do the... V- I think the VPN shit. Could work. Joe can do it. You going to hack the planet?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, but I know a guy who can take a look at the thing. <laughs> who could take a look at this project for us because part of the part of the appeal is that you can't have that here. I want that. And then well, you, you know, it'll be so distracting that I can actually win in the gulag once. I mean, that, absol- that
1: absolutely is the appeal. But <laughs> Is there any more thoughts on these promos before we get into what we're playing? I
2: just think I think, I think that, they're fun and awesome. That's it for me. Yeah, they're fucking amazing. Call of Duty. I mean, we're going to talk about Modern Warfare Two. I mean, I guess we can talk about it now, but that's what we, what we all have been playing, and it's been a great fucking time. I did finish the campaign. We all have now finished the campaign. We're not going to spoil it like hardcore, but I think the final verdict on it is that the ending is pretty disappointing
1: anticlimactic for sure, the v- yeah. the mission variety was a breath of fresh air for maybe the first half of the game, and then I would say maybe kind of in the closing section of the game, there was a little bit too much variety in the sense that you're doing some things that are so not call of duty that I like I'm noticing it now where it's refreshing, yeah when you're getting into it at the start, but then something it's that thing that I always talk about, which will come up time and time again on this show about systems that are made for games and how you can tell if they're made for them. I played the campaign on regular, so I might not have noticed it, but you played it on veteran and you, I'm sure that was frustrating because those systems that are in the way the game closes are not made for that style of game. And you can tell, especially when you're playing on a harder difficulty.
2: Yeah. Veteran definitely at the final level especially like the, I think it's not a spoiler, but the, the alone part with the crafting that mission in particular is like ridiculous with fuck on veteran. Like if you get caught, you're like instantly like just iced.
1: Yeah, because they they don't. It just doesn't kind of feel right. Like even when you're trying to distract guards with bottles, it like doesn't really work how it should.
2: It doesn't play like The Last of Us, you know.
1: Yes. Which wow, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> wow. I'm just saying, wow, yeah, because like I've been. With Last of Us 2, I play it every now and then. Keep chipping away at my grounded playthrough, and it's so good, especially mm-hmm. that stealth stuff. But I, we can stick with let's stick with Modern Warfare 2 for now.
2: But yeah, I mean, we played a little bit of multiplayer. Me and you played. When did we play a Saturday? Right? I think
1: so. I hit my cap thanks so- to double XP. I'm at fifty five.
2: Oh shit! Good shit. Have you unlocked all the weapons?
1: Mm-mm. Negative.
2: That's what I'm working on okay.
1: unlocking or leveling up all the weapons now but I at least hit max rank.
2: So are the weapons tied to your overall XP or is it just tied to leveling? Like you have to unlock like one base and then that base gives you like three weapons and then that's kind of how it is. Some
1: guns are unlocked just by your overall rank going up and then other platforms are unlocked by you leveling up certain (laughs) weapons. So it depends. Some of them are just from pure rank and some of them are leveling up a platform to unlock something else
2: hmm okay. yeah what have you been grinding out recently what's your like weapon of choice or what just been weapon going are
1: you in order i've literally just been going okay. in order so i'm just doing all the ars first and then i'll do smgs and and that kind of stuff in order yeah
2: how about you joe what's your weapon of choice out there in the battlefield
0: i've been using the sniper rifle that you get with the endowment pack support our troops and
2: uh <laughs> of course you <laughs> but the
0: thing is that little sniper rifle's kind of good i was i was killing some people last night with it but then mark joined and then skill-based matchmaking
2: and then i died however it mark's been saying the opposite that when you join us to boo-boo lobbies well
1: yeah but that makes sense only for about the first it, game
2: it, because that means that
1: they figure for... it out what he's saying still makes sense though, because that means if I join, then it's easier for me, but it's much harder for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it'll like true. balance out. You know, maybe maybe we're gonna understand. cut
0: this part out too. I don't want people to know that maybe I'm not the strongest defensive player.
2: No, you're a, you're an objective player. You play the objective. That is what I do. Sometimes I throw
0: myself out. It. Besides, it's not a real life. I'm coming back.
1: Yeah, your support. If it's not Warzone, you're coming back.
0: That's right.
1: That's why I get that's <laughs>
0: that's why I'm a little nervous for this Warzone to come out here.
2: But did they say how much it costs to bring people back? No. So Sorry, that was yeah, a comfortable
1: sound to hear. We but need to focus on said, that. Yeah. Yeah, so getting into I guess a little bit of that, they haven't given a blog post detailing everything about it. What I do know is that starting We're recording this on Tuesday, but tomorrow on Wednesday, Infinity Ward has invited a bunch of like streamers and you know Twitch people to stream Warzone tomorrow throughout the day. So if you want to watch it, you can watch it tomorrow and there'll be people streaming it. But I don't know if they're gonna give out like a post of here all the details. Because they did do that a couple of months ago. And then there have been rumors that Mm -hmm. since they did that and they had their like Call of Duty Next event, that they've reverted some changes, right? A lot of A lot of conversation went around about, oh, there's no loadouts. But now the rumor is there is loadouts. So I guess we'll just see tomorrow when people stream what info is extracted out of that. And then besides that, we only have to wait one week and then we'll have our hands on it. And that'll be season one, Warzone 2 and DMZ coming out. And something else I also wanted to mention just talking about Modern Warfare 2 is have you guys seen any of this stuff going around about like the maps and the maps that are like private use? That they didn't get permission for
2: no what oh like uh the map that's like um let's take like a hotel in answer yeah so there's that. that
0: greenberg continue and uh there were a couple more right that i don't think uh, they may have Correct. made it all the way to developed but not into production or if they were in production it was really wow. Quick. wow
1: joe with the, the scoop? yeah knowledge. he's right so Greenberg hotel is the i guess I don't want to talk about it in legal terms. So somebody related to Breedberg Hotel is upset about its usage and they didn't really get permission from it. And it is technically a private building because it is the innards of the building. And then Crown Raceway, I guess Crown Raceway was actually called something else originally and actually is like a one for one recreation of an F1 track. And they were like, you can't do that without asking for permission so they had to change the name, but functionally it's still the same map and it made it into the game. What Joe is talking about is there's another map called Museum, which I guess was in the second week of the beta, which I never played, but it was in the beta but didn't make it to the main game because it was also a map based on a real museum, did not get permission, so that is not in the game. greenberg Hotel is rumored to be getting pulled from rotation, and Crown Raceway Damn, I like that map. also has issues, which is 30% of the 6v6 maps, And on top of that, the cherry on top is that even though they've already made a billion dollars in revenue, the guns in the game, if you're wondering why a fucking PP Bison isn't called a Bison, it's apparently because they don't want to pay for licensing of the gun names. That's why you don't have an MP5. You don't have an AK. So
2: at first... Even the Fennec is called something different. At
1: first, I thought that it was to make it seem more realistic, like cast off mm-hmm. in a bunch of numbers, but it is also a little bit fucking confusing, right? Cause there's like five versions of the cast off. Why don't we just say this one's an AK 47. This one's a 74 U, this one's an RPK. Like that would mm-hmm. be much easier. That's how people know it. But anyway, just, just an interesting thing to note being that you're making so much money and you really can't just renew those license, but maybe they know that nobody's going to care about that anyway.
2: I mean, I feel like, <sighs> It's like a double-edged sword. I do. I prefer because it's just kind of like I know what that gun is. It's not like I see the gun in the silhouette and I'm like, wait, is that what I think it is? But it's like immediate, like uh, you know, recognition. But then it can also help them in terms of like people always bitching about Call of Duty being like the same exact thing. Even the guns had the same name. Yeah. So I guess it can kind of give like that little bit of difference, but. That's ridiculous, especially with how much money this game has been making. It's it being one of the biggest Call of Duty launch in history of the whole fucking series. So it's like you can shell out the hundred thousand dollars it costs probably to license these guns. I mean, I don't know how much it is, but it can't be. You can't put a dent into the revenue. Plus, I I mean, I agree with
1: what you're saying a thousand percent because this is something we even talked about with people complaining about the UI being so ugly. And we agree with that. It sucks. Yeah, we agree that the UI is bad, but I wonder, too, if they just change it because they're like, well, we don't want to have it... Because the UI is something that you're going to perfect at some point. So if they're changing UI, Mm -hmm. then it's just to be different and not repetitive. But what's really the point? Like, I'm sure... With Modern Warfare 2019, I thought that UI was fantastic. Very clear to see where everything is. You got Mm -hmm. your tabs on the top, challenges on the left, matchmaking, bottom left. But I bet you if they did the same thing, people would be like, oh, well, this is just the same game. So it's weird. I don't know how they can handle that. I don't know how I would handle that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like, like you said, they perfected it, just kind of keep it the same. But I think the UI of this game in general is weird. Like, even, like, the... Like, when you first start up the game, it's, like, kind of confusing of, like, where do I go for multiplayer? Where do I go for campaign? It's, like, just a little... Yeah. The UI needs to be cleaned up in general. And I don't know if that's, like, a massive update that comes with Warzone and maybe cleans up the whole, like, UI and then has it, like, the traditional three phases where it's, like... This is the campaign section, Warzone section, and multiplayer section.
1: It will absolutely be sectioned off, like you said, because during the beta, when you would open it, it would have multiplayer, and then there would be a window for Warzone 2, but it would just be blocked off like you couldn't get into it. So Mm -hmm. they definitely have it set up like that, but it seems very stilted because the game is launching piece by piece. Right, You get campaign first, then you get multiplayer, then you get Warzone. So uh, the UI in general is not the most attractive but yeah it's like it's incomplete for now so i don't even know what their true vision is for it
2: yeah hopefully with the update that it just kind of cleans itself up because it is just it's like unnecessary unnecessarily cumbersome like it's like you have to take in like you shouldn't be thinking about where i have to go for a ui you should just be thinking that's where i have to go here's how i get there it's not there should be no thought process in a ui it should almost be like unrecognizable like you shouldn't we shouldn't be complaining about it it should just be seamless like like when you turn on your iphone you don't think about the ui because it's that's what great ui is it's invisible
1: yeah blue messages not green messages it should just be intuitive right we really know these things by now so i agree i agree with that wholeheartedly i don't have too much more to say about mw2 i don't know if either of you do for the moment we'll get back to it later i think
2: i think i think i'm good for now
1: okay I'll, uh, I already mentioned Last of Us a little bit. Excellent game. Still playing it, enjoying the grounded mode. I platinumed Until Dawn, platinum number 85. I don't have much else to say about that except for playing through it again. I recognize how good the pacing is compared to other mm-hmm. supermassive games. And so I just really enjoyed that and happy to have another platinum uh, under my belt. So that's that's all I really have to say about that for now. What about you? I, know you, I see you're playing the quarry or we're playing it.
2: So yeah, this uh, this week I was able to beat the Quarry and MWT's campaign, and it was odd because both of them left me feeling the same way, like not quite satisfied and quite unex- in both unexpected endings. And it, it makes me look forward, on, honestly, to God of War because I'm like, man, I want to play like a story that feels good and wraps up well. Because the Quarry kind of just ends out of nowhere. Same thing for MWT's campaign, just kind of ends out of nowhere. It doesn't have the great pacing that you see in Until Dawn. The quarry is kind of like... It, it builds and then it kind of just like unfolds on itself. And then the rules within the universe are just... It's just weird and dumb and I don't want to spoil it. And then like to not dive more deep into it, I'm just going to leave it at that. Because to talk more about the issues of it, you kind of have to spoil a little bit of the, of the story. But overall, the quarry is... I would probably give it, honestly, like it'd be like a six and a half or like a seven. The seven are like its peaks and like six and a half is kind of like how it like mostly is cruising for most of the time. But if you can pick it up on a like a sale for like 40 bucks, I feel like it's a good time. That's how I purchased it. I got it like on sale. Yeah. And then the only other game I I did, I did uh, dip my toe into the Shadow of Rose expansion for RE8 and that's pretty fun, honestly. So I played it only for like 30 minutes. It's like pretty scary. The intro is like very, very uh, scary. And like, it was like, oh, wow, Resident Evil 8 never really felt this scary. The third part playing that uh, game in third person is kind of cool. I do think I prefer RE being third person to first person. Just seven hit different with the first person, because I just feel like it fit the whole vibe of it. But I think RE being in third person over the shoulder is kind of where it's like it at its sweet spot. But uh, I haven't played too much of it. It's pretty Ari's good though. Ari's not
1: made for first person.
2: That's what I... I or yeah. Ari's
1: evolution doesn't support third person. I feel like that might be a better way of saying it because like you said, Re 7 was nice and slow, a little bit more stripped down. And so it made sense, claustrophobic, stressful. And the fights that you do have are designed well enough that the systems can hold up to it. Resident Evil 8 has way too much action in certain points for a first-person perspective where it's not built for it. Obviously, first-person... The camera's not fast Exactly. I'm not saying other games with first-person perspectives can't handle fast action. Of course they can. I mean, shout-out Prey with the fucking mimics being way too fast. But this, Mm -hmm. yeah, the Resident Evil 8, I felt that way. And then I just wanted to quickly comment. When you're talking about the quarry, I'm also interested in playing it because it's a super massive game. But one of my probably biggest issues with most things is when any kind of media sets up rules for a world and doesn't follow them. This is why I haven't watched... Um, what's the... A Quiet Place? The first one or second one? With uh, John Krasinski. Yeah, I just haven't watched them because I just know that there's going to be parts where like sound is made and I'm frustrated. That alone, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just right. not going to watch it. There's just no point. If- yeah. Not to not Keep yeah not going. to get into spoilers of Corey. I don't want you to explain what those rules are because <laughs> I do want to play it. But just yeah, I know. Shout out blue, but just I don't. Shout out I blue. don't want um or not. I don't want, but I know that that's something that can irk me very quickly. It'll be like, well, they said earlier that uh, this is supposed to be this way. So,
2: so yeah. I would like you to play it just cuz I like to hear you bitch and complain about stuff. So I would want you to play it just to hear your critiques, but um it it doesn't it doesn't unfold until the end. So a majority of the time it's pretty interesting there's tension building out and then you're like what the fuck is going on right crumbled. now? But it does get it does get very gory and very violent, which is nice. And you get Ted Raimi cool. in there, you know, so you have a good yeah. time. All right. Well, I mean, I'm
1: interested in playing it. And then i'm sure by this time next week we'll just be like fucking god of war is all we've been playing
2: i'm so excited like i was like fuck i was like it comes out a minute i was like should i just stay up and just yeah just play that shit we haven't but i'm probably not going to do that because i have to be up
1: we have an incoming uh hurricane here so who knows maybe we maybe we could
2: have a little extra time to play
1: you know that's what
2: I'm praying for, honestly. No, I don't want anything bad to happen yep. with the hurricane. I hope everybody's safe. Yep. Um, you know, as native Floridians, we deal with them all the time. They do suck. The most recent one, are, was it Irma? Uh, I don't th- I, think, I don't know. I don't remember. I believe it was Hurricane Irma. It did devastate our coastline. I don't want this to happen with this. I just hope it's a, it's a... It is a big storm. I just hope it's like, you know, everybody survives. Easy going. But I do want Thursday. Yeah, I didn't have internet for a week, so... I told them that,
1: you know, if this one hits, I'll probably have no internet, no power, no water. Probably till Christmas, but I have my Switch, so. So, we'll see how long that can last me. You can play Sonic Frontiers on it. No, I'll just play that on PlayStation. Not yet, but at some point I'll probably get it. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the news proper for the week. PSVR 2 launches in February 2023 at... $549.99. $549.99. Sony's PSVR2 will be launching on February 22nd, 2023, alongside the VR2 Sense Controller charging station. The PSVR2 kit alone will cost $550 and will come with PSVR2 headset, Sense controllers, and stereo headphones. The PSVR2 Horizon Call of the Mountain bundle will be $600, and the Sense Controller charging station will arrive at $50. Joel, how do you feel about the launch window and pricing?
2: I love the launch window. I love how soon it's going to be available. Like, I don't have no issue with February. It's honestly a little earlier than I thought. That's the most positive part about this, how soon we're getting it. Now, the price... The price is pretty concerning because it does cost more than a PS5, at least here in North America. I know PS5 has had a price raise around the world, so it might be equal to or still probably comparatively more expensive than a traditional PS5 disc, not even a PS5, like all digital. This is now like 150 more than an all digital. So the price is a little outrageous. Um, I am upset because it's, It's just a little too much for me to be, like, automatically, like, let's place a pre-order, let me get it day one. And then also recently going to Universal and being like, I'm kind of motion sickness when it comes to, like, 3D shit. Like, I don't want to buy this PSVR unit and then, like, be motion sickness, sick, like, get motion sickness while playing it and then not even be able to use it. But the price sucks. I'm not too surprised because especially, I, I said this when the the Dual sense controller came out the new, the new one and that was $200 and I was like this is kind of a bad sign for PSVR because PlayStation's kind of going into like it's Apple phase in terms of being like oh we're just going to charge ridiculous amounts for our products and people will pay for it.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's all correct. I just want to say that I was uh, at least correct in saying that it'll release before March that was my my Shit. window of, of saying right. that specifically because resident evil 4 comes out in march and i feel like they will have some kind of vr resident evil frequently does have vr attachments to it but in terms of the price yeah we discussed this before and i said that for me the limit would be 700 and this is i mean this is pretty much 600 this is really close it's enough to be where i where i agree with you where i'm i'm kind of very hesitant i don't know if i'll be a day one adopter
2: and I also would like to see reviews on the tech. I mean, I have no, I, I don't think it's going to be a bad product. I don't think PlayStation releases bad products in terms of hardware and stuff like that. But, you know, still, it is a new thing, even though it is a second generation of VR. VR still very, like, relatively new. And then, excuse me, I just had a stroke That's right That's Mountain there. Dew. And then the, it's the Mountain Dew hitting. It's, it, the Mountain Dew is fighting me back now. But, um... The launch lineup isn't really too appealing outside of Horizon Call of the Wild, which I do like. I am a uh, Horizon fan in a sense. I haven't played Forbidden, I haven't beaten Forbidden West yet, but I do like the series and that game did seem the most interesting and most like AAA for like a VR game, but all the rest of the titles are mostly playable on the quests. And also some of them are mostly like at least half of them are playable on PlayStation VR one. So, and there's no backwards compatibility. There's just kind of like a lot of things about it that there's definitely more cons and pros. And like the only thing that would make me want to get it is because like we're enthusiasts and we do this show and I would want to just be on like top of that type of stuff. But outside of that, I really don't have any motivation really to get it. Plus,
1: it seems like most of the pros lie in the tech, but the cons lie in the content that's coming with it. So Mm -hmm. we kind of have already gone with a rundown of what it can do in terms of having an OLED screen and having different kinds of haptics in it and the one wire. And from a technology standpoint, it makes sense that it would be expensive. But when you're asking your consumers to pay that price – You might be asking, probably most of the people purchasing this already have a PlayStation 5, but assuming you don't for any reason and you want to get a VR 2 as well, that's over $1,000. It's a big asking price if you don't have some killer Ah! games that are going going to make somebody (laughs) want that. So you kind of already hinted at it a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and just run down the list here if we have anything to say about it. Feel free to stop me in between. If not, we can just circle back on anything we're interested on. In addition to the PSVR 2 rundown on the PlayStation vlog, they also showed 11 new, quote-unquote new, as Joel has already mentioned. Some of these games really are old and can run on Quest, so they're not really new. But they announced 11 games that will be on VR 2. So I'm going to run down the list now. Starting off, the Dark Pictures Switchback VR. This is by Supermassive Games. This will also be an on-rails shooter similar to Until Dawn Rush of Blood. So this will be kind of in that vein. Crossfire Sierra Squad uh, by Smilegate, which will be an FPS VR game. The Light Brigade by Funktronic Labs. Cities VR Enhanced Edition by Fast Travel Games. Cities VR, that'll be a city building simulator, but that's an older game. So it's kind of just updated and they already have VR versions on other platforms. Cosmonious High by Alchemy Labs is also on other platforms. Hello Neighbor Search and Rescue by Tiny Build Games. Jurassic World Aftermath, Sync. The Jurassic World one is also, again, on other platforms. Pistol Whip VR by Cloudhead Games is also on previous PSVR, so it's just updated. Zenith of the Last City Raman VR or by Ramen VR, sorry. After the Fall by Vertigo Games, Tentacular by Fire Punched Games UG. Those are the 11 that they announced. Now, two things about that is one, as we've said, some of them are on PSVR 1 and some are on other platforms. And the other thing is that these are not launch games. Some of these are launch games. Some of them are just in 2023. So there's that mm. on top of none of these being first-party or second-party games. Now, I did put a note at the bottom just for... For people listening for VR games, I don't really know why they didn't put it in the PlayStation blog, but we also know Horizon, Call of the Mountain, Resident Evil Village, and Firewall, a new entry on the Firewall series, will all be coming to the VR2 headset. Are there any games here that you have any interest in or would want to talk about
2: further? I mean, not, if I'm being honest, not really the, uh, the... I'm a sucker for Jurassic Park. I love it. I wanted to be a paleontologist as a child because of jurassic park so the jurassic world stuff seems kind of cool but that all this stuff seems like gimmick like it seems gimmicky it doesn't seem like something i would play for two three hours it just seems like something that i would like it seems like something we'd have fun if like you came over and i was like mark look at his headset You fucking dinosaurs are in front of us Then we take it off and play like a real fucking game like none of it seems like like it's a None of it really seems like a real game, and it's weird because the the three biggest heavy hitters they didn't mention in this release with the release with the release date and the pricing. Because I do think Horizon, Resident Evil, and Firewall are probably going to be the best games, and it's weird that they didn't like, like you know, if you're real like you want to build hype, you got to talk about the best games that are going to be coming to the platform.
1: I mean, to be quite honest, you saying that being about these games being a little bit shorter and just, oh, put it on and play for a little bit and then play a real game. I mean, I could definitely see a situation where we just kind of split one and it's like, yeah, you can have it for now. Let me play this one game. Because there's not enough there. And I'm not saying that that's definitely what we're going to do. It's just I could see see it not being something that I would want to buy and be like, oh, well, I always need it. I'm definitely not always going to need it. There might be... At this rate, or at this point, from what we know, there might be like one or two games a year I would want to play. So, mm-hmm.
2: and I also was telling you, they picked a bad year because next year it looks like it's going to have a banger coming out every single yeah. month, like especially even that February month. Like, Hogwarts Legacy is coming out then. I'm going to be super hype about that. Resident Evil 4 is going to be right around the corner. Like, this, it's uh, they picked a bad time, I think, to release it. If they release. The VR headset, like in the summer when there was a low, I think definitely would have got a lot more people on that impulse buy. But just kind of now releasing in 2023, people are excited about like real games. Not saying VR games aren't real games, but you know what I mean. Traditional AAA, big games are coming out at a higher rate and people are thirsty for that. We've been hearing everybody complain this whole year about the lack of the big triple AAA games coming out. So I think next year is going to explode in terms of game sales and stuff like that.
1: I mean, yeah, and regardless of. I forgot what I was going to say, but what I was going to say. Oh, right. I, but in terms of talking about the timing of it, they don't. Even these games that they're listing here are not launch games. So they don't even have enough ready to launch it at a better point. I wonder if waiting would help them or not help them, or if they're just trying to get in front of the raising inflation and them having to already raise the price of the PS5 in other regions. And so maybe they just kind of want to get this out. But I know stuff like this, especially hardware launches, are put into motion so many years in advance that this is... they, You know, they have um, plans, I'm sure, years out in advance. So they're just like, this is already on the way. We kind of just need to do that. But talking about what you were saying, too, with games coming out in February and the beginning of the year being so stacked, I mean... If you don't have anything else to talk about, we know one game now that will be coming in February, according to this new release date.
2: Ooh, nice tease.
1: So what I'm talking about here is there was a new trailer for the Russian developed game Atomic Heart and a new trailer revealed that the first person action RPG Atomic Heart will be releasing on February 21st, 2023. Atomic Heart was originally announced in 2018 and is developed by Russian team Mundfish and published by Focus Entertainment. This game is hard to describe, but that alone should probably be interesting to you. If you haven't heard of it, you can go watch a trailer for it. We've been waiting for information on this for a long time. And especially with the world events that have been happening recently, I'm kind of surprised that it's kind of getting a release date and actually saying that it's going to be coming to all current gen and last gen platforms, which is good because I'm very interested in it, but it being a Russian team, I know that there were certain sanctions on what they could sell, but I focus entertainment is not Russian. So maybe because it's being published, I think that's, I think that's probably what it is. So regardless, I'm very excited for it. And uh, I mean, how do you feel about it? I don't know. Have you seen the most recent kind of trailers or screens for it?
2: Yeah, I think the most recent trailers has like the boss fight with the thing that looks like it's from The Incredibles, if I'm correct.
1: Have yes. you seen that?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, this game it's like it's like uh, it oozes BioShock, which we hate saying like, character. But I hate saying we that. We hate
1: saying it with other games, but I really do see it with this one.
2: It has like the it seems like it has the world-building of BioShock the gameplay kind of like a like It has a
1: dichotomy of FPS with guns, and you also have powers seemingly in another hand, and then it is also an alternate timeline to some degree where it seems like some of the more robotic architects and structures from the 50s were kind of like taken further into the future.
2: Yeah, and then it also has like a, seems like a little bit of a comedic element like Fallout. It's like Fallout and Bioshock fucked. And then had, and then we're like, had a Russian mother. Like, that's what this game kind of like, like says to me. It has like Fallout 3 kind of energy with terms of it, like the music and like, kind of like, it seems like it has a little bit of a like satirical, not satirical, but like sadistic comedy edge where like, they're making fun of things I shouldn't be making fun of. And the combat in the world seems very much like Bioshock, like infused with like a really deep lore. I hope we have like amazing audio logs in this game like everything about this game is like very much like a joel type of game like when i see this i'm like "Ooh, this is definitely like a day one purchase action rpg that sounds fun i'm just excited i'm excited to learn more about it but also i'm kind of want to already stay in the clear because i was this was already like on my radar and i was always like when is this game ever going to come out at some points i know we talked about we thought like this game will never come out and it's just like like one of those games you got a good trailer for and it's just not a real thing
1: yeah just a tease for sure i think that they've done a good job of displaying the combat and the gameplay and i wish the best and i hope it reviews well and it's a fantastic game because i would like to play it day one as well something i will say though is i don't really know anything about the story anything at all i don't even know if it's I mean, we know it's a first-person game, and so you could probably assume that it's not going to be open world or something like that, but I don't even know the structure of Is it like a linear campaign? Is it mission-to-mission? Is it, you know... Because especially now, after we've had games like Deathloop, you can get a structure of a game that's completely unique. I haven't seen a structure like Deathloop, so I'm curious if they will do a little bit more press on Atomic Heart as to exactly what the structure of the game is prior to release Otherwise, I would just kind of wait for reviews because it looks great from a gameplay perspective, but I don't really know if I'm getting into a story or I'm just supposed to be playing a game that has cool-looking combat and enemies.
2: Yeah, I think what I would hope for is that it's kind of like Bioshock in terms of like you have like a hub area where you're in Tomb Raider too, where you have like a hub area where you like do like it's like very detailed it's not a complete open world, but it has like open world kind of elements where you can explore and it's just very detailed sections that kind of like form an open world together. But you have to like, you know, clear sections and clear like different areas because yeah, open world. I don't know if it could. If, this game seems like it doesn't need to be open world. If this can be like a nice like 15 to 24, 25 hour experience. I think that's what'd be like it's uh sweet spot. For. I
1: agree. I agree completely. And then as we said, this was announced five years ago and they've taken their time on it. But if that means that we're getting a polished and good product at the end of it, then I'm totally okay with that.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, too. It sounds like you, you and the CEO of Take-Two agree.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm here uh, trying to set up everything <laughs> perfectly for a smooth uh, listening experience for our, our live audience Hello, nice to see you, (laughs) and also the audience at home listening. So, what we're talking about here is the Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick says that he'll take, and this is a quote from him, that he'll take delays over flops any day while lowering the earnings forecast for the current fiscal year. So, Take-Two has revealed that they are lowering the expected revenue by $320 million for the current fiscal year. The company says lowered expectations are due to shifts in release schedule and mobile expectations. Take-Two CEO strauss Zelnick said, and this is a quote, There have been some modest pipeline shifts. The good news is that those games are still coming, and I'll choose delays any day over taking some flops that's really key in this business. It's worth noting that GTA 6 has not been delayed despite the leaks that happened earlier this year. strauss Zelnick went on to say that 87 games are on the way from Take-Two's Interactive's various studios, by the end of its 2025 fiscal year. That sounds like a lot of games, but go ahead and temper your expectations. We're going to break down at least which categories these games fall into. Now, it's worth noting that Take-Two had acquired a very large mobile developer recently for a high price. And so of the 87 games, 38 are mobile titles, 24 are considered immersive core games, 10 are independent games, seven are considered mid-core games, and eight are new iterations of previously released titles. Now, that could be a little bit confusing. A little bit more information on that is what they define as immersive core is going to be your GTA's Red Dead 2K, those kind of marquee big holiday style titles that are going to give you hours and hours of content. Midcore is going to be the lesser content pack games. They're thinking New Tales from the Borderlands or WWE Battlegrounds, something in that range. And then it's also worth noting that the Quarry, New Tales from the Borderlands and 2K23 are part of these 87 games that they say will come by the end of fiscal year 2025. So... Going through these, I also saw that there was a little list on IGN, which I pulled this article from, that had a list of current 2K games that were in development. So I wanted to just kind of go through them because some of them I had forgotten about. So on this list, we talk about the quarry that's already released. So Marvel's Midnight Suns, that had actually been one of the games that Strauss Zelnick is referring to as having being a modest push in the pipeline because that was delayed. Kerbal Space Program 2, Um, Some 2K sports games, really not anything specific here, but we know that they do their annual releases. A 31st Union multiplayer game. This is a studio led by Sledgehammer Games co-founder Michael Condry. This is a new IP that has been in development for a little bit of time, but there's not a lot known about it. We know something that we're obviously really excited about, especially after talking about Atomic Heart, is we know that there's another entry in the Bioshock series. That's coming out of Take Two, and that's being developed by Cloud Chamber Games. There will be a new game out of Hangar Thirteen. Could be a new Mafia game, but it isn't announced what that is. Grand Theft Auto
2: Six. They announced Mafia Four. I don't know. Remember, I feel like we talked about that at one of our Maybe shows. They did I, mean, they, I think that if they they did announce a Mafia Four, our new Mafia game? I don't know if it's Mafia. If 4. If they did,
1: it might have just been really vague or just not a lot of details but you're probably Mm -hmm. right on that ken levine's new game ken levine does still exist and he is working on something (laughs) at his new studio ghost story games this is the uh sci-fi story based game where he talks about everyone wanting to he wants everyone to have a different kind of story being told but he's worked on this isn't the only project that he's worked on since bioshock so who knows if it'll actually come out and then we also know about the Max Payne 1 and 2 remakes coming from Rockstar and Remedy. And then also Moon Studios, the studio behind Ori, is making an action RPG. So hmm.
2: those are the things... I didn't know the, the team behind the Mo- the Ori games was an Xbox exclusive. I thought they were.
1: Yeah, so just, just a couple of bits there. So, I mean, when I look at this 24 immersive core game, sounds cool. The 38 mobile titles, obviously, I'm kind of indifferent on. Uh, I wonder the eight new iterations of previously released titles, if that's just ports or if that's including remakes and remasters.
2: I wouldn't hate a Red Dead Redemption remastered.
1: True. I wonder if Max Payne 1 and 2 are included in that eight new iterations. Could be. Mm, What do you think about this? I've done enough talking. I want to hear your opinion on this.
2: I think that midcore is the fate is my favorite new uh, music genre. And besides that, um, 2k is kind of like a hit or miss company for me. I feel like I care about some of their games, but they're kind of like in that EA category where they like make so many games or like they or not make so many games. Let me roll that back. A lot of their profit is in the sports world. And I do love 2K every once in a while, you know, when we get it on Plus and then we fuck around for, like, a little bit. But I'm not too big into that. GTA is kind of just this big conglomerate that really can release whenever it wants. They take as much time as they want to. Red Dead Redemption, I think, is dead. I think that we're not going to get any more of that. Borderlands, I'm kind of, like, whatever about. So I'm more interested in, like, the new Bioshock game, What see if they can bring Mafia back in a better fashion because Mafia 3 was kind of, like, mixed from, like, the... Like the consensus between fans and critics, so I'm interested in the new if there's any new IPs involved in in, in any of this stuff. But uh, I mean, more games is better than no games. And it's a, but I just will hope they're good. It's games. a good
1: point you bring up talking about Borderlands because we do know that earlier or actually very recently, CEO uh, Randy Pitchford of uh, Gearbox, Gearbox. Thank you. Uh, really having a blank there of Gearbox. <laughs> did say that with the success of tiny Tina's wonderlands, that they're going to make that into a franchise. So I'm sure we can expect at least one of the immersive core games to be a full new release for that series. And uh, yeah,
2: and I did like tiny. Yeah, Tina. It was good.
1: And I, I hope that we see the development of these studios as a whole. Cause like you were saying, mafia three was rough, but the mafia one remake I thought was very good. I know that they had the bones of a game already to go off of, but it, seemed like a much more polished and clean experience than three so i'm hoping that that translates into whatever their next full release is
2: and also if you're listening to this and thinking 2k the fucking ceo said he'd rather have uh delays than flops they fucking didn't they make that uh rockstar or the gta remastered i did look it up Uh, rockstar published that well and grove street games made it so that wasn't on take two for anybody who was thinking that. Because that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that quote. I was like, you fucking released a shitty ass GTA. Well, remasters. this is saying that they had nothing to well, do with Well, this is
1: no, I mean, they did because this is saying published games too. These aren't all games made in house, right? We're talking about Borderlands. That's not made in house. Mafia, none of those. And even then, you know, you saying that. I mean, Mafia 3 didn't come out great, but I think. At least they're saying that they are learning from these things and that their biggest marquee titles we know don't come out. Like Red Dead 2 didn't come out in a shitty state. And at least he's acknowledging that it's really important. And in light of recent years, right, we had Cyberpunk be a massive blunder for people. It's good to know that somebody high up there is being like, you know, we're fine. We'll take our time. We understand what kind of problems that can have when you mess up a first impression. And then it's not included in this article, but there was a separate article of him basically saying that despite the the leak, GTA Six is is going to be still on the same release window that they already had, which they don't give years for, but
2: the, it's an internal schedule. That yeah, they that have. they have, and
1: that they think it's making good progress. So.
2: And it makes sense that they can take time. The games they publish, we saw um, recently that GTA I think crossed GTA Five crossed 170 million copies sold, and Red Dead Redemption Two, I believe, is crossed 70 million copies sold. So these are literally the only two games that can rival Call of Duty in a fiscal year when they're released. So they can take their time because they release games that make billions of dollars. Yeah,
1: for sure. Now, do you have anything else to say about? this uh about these take two games
2: no I'm, I'll, be, I'll be interested when they come out. but uh as of right now you know I'm whatever about take two because you know they did publish to quarry too and that was okay
1: yeah that's true too um
2: so which it's interesting and that was a, a
1: side project because super massive this that psvr2 game we talked about is under bandai namco and until dawn is under mm. sony and the Quarry was supposed to be a Google. So Supermassive is weird. They've got no no fucking loyalty over there.
2: And then the Dark Pictures anthology, I believe, is Bandai yeah. Namco.
1: So they're all they're all different ones. So they're all over for the place. sure. But continuing on here, we've got a report that Diablo Four is going to launch in April 2023. According to a new report, the pre-orders will open in December, which points to the game possibly being shown at the Game Awards, which would make sense. On December 8th, I'm sure that they'll probably announce it, and then they'll say that pre-orders are open. There have been betas for the game that have been private but have been streamed if you're a Diablo fan. And then it's also worth noting that their most recent game, Diablo Immortal, was able to garner the lowest user score on Metacritic of any game ever (laughs) because of the... Good extremely choice. egregious and predatory monetization of it, where to fully upgrade a character, it was based on a uh, random, basically like kind of loot boxes, but you'd spend money for them. And there was somebody who spent $110,000 to make a character max. So I, I haven't played a Diablo before. I just kind of wanted to bring those fun facts with it. I don't know if you have any interest in this, but I know we'll watch the game awards. So Maybe we'll just see if we're right or not.
2: Yeah. We'll definitely, yeah, we'll definitely watch the Game Awards. But um, Diablo, I don't know, Blizzard as a whole, it was like Blizzard used to mean something, and now it's kind of in a weird spot where Blizzard has lost a lot of reputation within the gaming community. I mean, Overwatch 2 kind of came and went for us, and we weren't super critics. We weren't critical of it when we first played it. We kind of enjoyed it. We were more on the positive side, but even then it kind of fell off because... It's the same fucking game. Well, and
1: to that point, it fell off because they had heroes that were bugged and they had to take out. And it's really just a continuation of the other game. But I also wanted to mention that even though me and you fell off, it really shows you how much a free-to-play game can do. Because it's already passed. I think, 35 million players since launching. And so despite it not really being a good package just because it's free. It has that kind of cachet with it. But I, I cut you off. Let me go ahead and let you continue talking about Blizzard kind of being on their fuck shit recently.
2: Yeah, they, I mean, the, the whole Diablo Immortal situation, it's just uh, even though, I, I don't know, I know you weren't that big into uh, World of Warcraft, but they really, they remastered those games and those remasters came out not even that great. And then they did the the Warcraft, the RTS. They remade those games, and then they did a World of Warcraft like remake, like vanilla version. And that also all those projects fumbled. None of them came out clean. There was bugs early on. They weren't really what the audience wanted. So Blizzard as a whole really sucks. Like Blizzard was a big part of my like early gaming, like childhood. Like definitely like PS two, Xbox one, Xbox three hundred and sixty ps3 like that 2000 i would say 2006 to 2010 like i was kind of like a blizzard head and i like loved playing world of warcraft or not world of warcraft i did like playing world of warcraft but i was more of a warcraft fan playing like early versions of what would become dota and stuff like that and it just kind of It's just kind of fell off. They became more greedy, obviously, ever since they've been purchased by Activision. They have fell off, which is a lot of studios that get purchased by Activision. They kind of lose their creative luster and just become kind of like on rinse and repeat, releasing remasters that are not good, releasing mobile games that are not good, releasing uninspired sequels. So Diablo 4 has a lot of heavy lifting to definitely win back just the Blizzard audience and then also capture the eyes of new gamers. I would I would love for it to be great. I do always think about purchasing Diablo two and Diablo three, the remasters, just because I've heard that they're fun games and they're always usually on sale for like twenty bucks. But I'm not that big into into Diablo, but I hope that this is well, and I hope Blizzard can like you know get their shit together.
1: Yeah, but you're right. I mean, you're speaking the language of the industry right now, especially with when companies get bought up, knowing if they're going to stay on the same path or if they're going to kind of get closed down and cut. Which again flawless transition to what we're talking about next year that EA (laughs) has ended the project cars series so this is two years after project cars 3 has released in 2020 ea has decided to end future development on the franchise ea has stated we are working with everyone impacted by this decision to place them in suitable roles across our ea sports and racing portfolio as well as other parts of ea wherever we can Slightly Mad Studios was acquired by Codemasters in 2019, and Codemasters was acquired by EA in 2021. Finally, EA has stated, we are focusing on our strengths in our racing portfolio, particularly licensed IP and open-world experiences. Now, they're full of absolute shit with that statement because <laughs> we can tell you, as racing game fans, I don't know what the hell they're talking about, open-world experiences. You have a need for speed every couple of years, and then the other games that are coming out of Codemasters are going to be Grids, they're going to be Dirt, and they're going to be those kind of releases. So EA is definitely full of shit on this. I, uh, For me personally, I, I played Project Cars 3, I thought it was okay, it was not well received critically because it had a more arcade style where 1 and 2 were more simulation based and also, I guess, just kind of as a PSA, 1 and 2 are delisted, so you can't even play them anymore. Similar to the Forza games where they get delisted over time because licenses expire for the cars in the game. So, I don't know. I, this is, yeah, just like you were saying, where studios will get acquired and then the overlords will basically shut it down. Um, the One of the founders of Slightly Mad Studios had some very aggressive comments, which I will definitely bring up in a minute. But before I do... Do you have any feelings on Project Cars as a series or them claiming that they're working on open world experiences? Fucking where? Let me know.
2: Uh, <laughs> I've never been a big Project Cars guy. The closest they ever had me was in the PlayStation 4 era when we just weren't being like really satisfied with GT Sport. But other than that, I'm not, I'm not shedding tears over Project Cars being closed down. I think that I think Project Cars doesn't really have a place right now with Gran Turismo. Kind of, it's out. It's kind of having a. It's Gran Turismo Seven in general is having a. is weird. Like the bones of it is fantastic, but then I feel like nobody's really truly satisfied with the game, which is a different combo. But then you have Forza Horizon, who was like Horizon Five is killing it with its open world, like kind of more arcadey. Uh, style racing and then you have uh Assetto Corsa oh, which is the Korta, way yeah. more which is the way more simulation type of racing game so i feel like those three are like the big dominant racing games and those kind of capture each a separate audience of the racing community and then you have like your little uh sub series like you get the Burnout Remasters or they probably try to bring Burnout back or some shit and then you have Need for Speed and the the branches of that between the Hot Pursuit and then the street racing one so Project Cars never really found its niche and it's kind of, you know, kind of tried. They probably tried too long to make it a thing.
1: Yeah, and I agree with that. And it it was one and two were the simulation ones. And then three, from what I understand, the reason why it was kind of that more arcadey feel and it felt very different is because even though it was made by Slightly Mad Studios, I believe a lot of the people that worked on the now defunct studio Evolution from Sony who worked on Drive Club moved over to this. And you can feel Mm -hmm. some of that in it, which... I loved Drive Club like a lot. I was a huge fan of it, even though it was a failed game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I'm gonna
2: say I remember you. I think you platinum. That That was a hard multiplayer. Yes, platinum did it. It Was a hard
1: multiplayer plat, (laughs) and it also had a ton of trophies because of all the DLC. I think in total it was like close to 140 Mm -hmm. or 150 trophies, which I made sure to get all of. So anyway, I was a huge fan of that. Still a fantastic game uh, visually for its time. If you look at it now, it looks better than a lot of games today. But
2: you can't because it's delisted. But. Drive
1: Club, you yeah, I mean if you own it, you can re-download it or you can look up videos for it. But with Project Cars, yeah, I don't really feel like I'm missing that much with it. I, I did wanna like I said, I did wanna bring this up here. If it, I really hope it doesn't boof mobile, but I'm gonna click this tab anyway. If it does, let me know.
2: All right, All right great. Will. So I don't think it
1: will because I'm not clicking on any links here. Uh, everyone knows I'm running on a very old piece of hardware here. So, okay. Slightly Mad Studios founder <laughs> and former CEO Ian Bell basically openly criticized EA a little bit after this news became public that they were shutting down Project Cars. So, for what it seems like, it seems like their first experience together was... Back in the late 2000s, Slightly Mad Studios worked for EA to develop 2009's Need for Speed Shift and its 2011 sequel Shift 2 Unleashed, which I didn't play. Joel, did you play? Yeah. No. so no. I remember Shift. Yeah, we remember them, but they didn't play them. But we didn't play them. So what Bell claims, and this is a quote, is that he claims, we made a game called Need for Speed Shift and we had a game called Shift 2. And EA came to me and said, two months into Shift 2, can we give you $1.5 million if you agree to not talk to any other publishers or to agree to any other games? And we'll give you $1.5 million and we'll sign Shift 3. And he says that he said yes, took the Millie, and then two weeks before they were... To start on development for Shift 3, they canceled it and said they're not doing it anymore. And then Ian Bell claims that this put the studio in peril, financial troubles, and basically they needed to be acquired by somebody. They got acquired by Codemasters and started to work on Project Cars. And then now Codemasters got acquired by EA and then EA shut down Slightly Mad. So he's pissed about it. Which is just interesting mm-hmm. to read because it seems like yeah, it's a shitty thing to do, but it's good to get a, uh, all the perspectives of it because that makes sense. It didn't seem like it didn't seem like Code on their own was going to shut them down.
2: Yeah, sorry, we got chaos going on over here. You want to pause
0: there?
2: Um... Or... No, 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 we're good to go. But uh, but yeah, I mean. I mean I appreciate the shade. You got to keep it real sometimes, but I mean, I mean EA kind of did did them He dirty. threw some
1: explicits in there. I don't need to repeat them, but he threw some explicits in there which like if you're going to do that on Twitter then we know you lost, but it's still interesting for us to read.
2: It's interesting to see the dirty laundry air out. I mean obviously EA has that reputation of you you get absorbed by them and then again you don't you end up being kind of creatively, you know, stunted you're not releasing projects you want to, you're making games that you don't necessarily want to. And that's what the fear is with terms of being purchased by a publisher and why it's better for not every single thing to be purchased under either Microsoft, Sony, or Embracer, you know, or Ubisoft or EA or 2K. It's it's good to have independent studios because then you have the independence to make what you want. But then obviously, you know, Having a publisher is also like having like a cushion. Like you can fuck up because you have a bunch of money to lean back Uh, on and make sure your people are paid and keep the lights on. So it's a double-edged sword. I think if they were making better products, they would have more say in what they made. It's not saying that they are like they weren't – because the games they were making weren't like fantastic. But I understand where it's like you can blame it being like, oh, well, I'm not making what I want to. But then at the end of the day, if you – if you're gonna, if you're tasked with making something, if you don't make it as best as you can, then you're not going to get the opportunity to make what you truly yeah, want. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of what I see what happens. If you're here. not
1: delivering at the best that you can do, then there's nothing really else that you can say. And when I looked at that kind of article of him talking about it in a lashing out kind of way, I saw Shift and Shift 2, and I was like, all right, buddy, those are like probably two of the most forgettable Need for Speed titles. So under, I can street. understand a little bit where that's coming from. But do you have anything else to say about Project Cars? No,
2: I feel like we we spent way too much yeah, time to talking about it. that's true. I agree. <laughs> I agree, but you know, it, it, he got
1: mad, so he got mad about it. There was something to talk about, but this is definitely something a little bit more in vain with, with at least you'll be able to talk about this. So Sony has reportedly partnered with NCSoft to make a Horizon MMORPG. The project will be developed by the South Korean developer behind the Lineage and Guild Wars MMO series, and this deal will align with Sony's push into the live service space. NCSoft is currently hiring developers per codename Project H. Not much more is known at the time. Horizon currently has two mainline titles in 2017's Horizon Zero Dawn and 2022's Horizon Forbidden West, with a VR title on the way called Horizon Call of the Mountain. There are also rumors circulating of a remake of the first game, although it is only five years old. Gorilla is also working on an online multiplayer game, but it is not confirmed to be Horizon, at least not in an official capacity. Now, as Joel is our resident Horizon expert and he has played MMOs and my bladder is full to the brim, I'm going to go use the restroom and Joel is going to give you his opinions about this and I will be
2: back. All right. So yeah, a Horizon MMO. I don't know if I love it, I feel like MMOs on the consoles tend to not be as successful as they are on PC. I mean, obviously, we have Final Fantasy XIV, which is kind of the outlier in terms of being a very successful MMO that is playable on console and PC. But uh, from my MMO days when I was into World of Warcraft in 2006, 2010, my Blizzard time period, when I was more of a PC, not more of a PC gamer, but I definitely indulged more in PC gaming, Guild Wars was the other MMO that always rivaled uh, World of Warcraft, so definitely the right studio to have behind it to make a Horizon RPG. And the lore in the world of Horizon is definitely rich enough that you can make an RPG out of it. I just don't necessarily know how successful it will be. I just would like to... I mean, obviously, it's just an announcement that Sony's talking about them partnering together, but... The gameplay and all that stuff is what always seems to lack for me in the MMO space. And Horizon, I know some people do love the story, but I do believe Horizon's strengths lie in its gameplay. So as long as it doesn't sacrifice the great gameplay that we saw in the first two Horizon games, then I don't think that this can be too bad. But it kind of gives me Elder Scrolls Online vibes in terms of not being... Not being what everybody wants, because I remember when Elder Scrolls Online came out, everybody was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be like Skyrim with your friends. And I can see people kind of having that coming into this game with that same mindset and then being disappointed. And then I was also shocked that Guerrilla is working on another online game, but it's not necessarily this Horizon game because I've... So I guess that this, the Horizon multiplayer game that's supposed to be somewhat of like a Monster Hunter sim could be this MMORPG. And if you can somehow infuse... Monster hunters, monster hunting aspects into an MMORPG that can kind of make it more interesting and like make the biggest monsters and inter- like be like a, like a, uh, fuck, what is it called, a raid, like a raid in Destiny or something like that. Make the monsters, like that aspect of it, and they make that interesting. Oh yeah, raid, but-
1: raid, right, right.
2: No, I was talking about how like remember that, uh, Gorilla was supposed to be making a Horizon multiplayer game that had monster hunter elements and they maybe if that's part of this mmo rpg where the biggest monsters are like the raids and that you would see in traditional mmos and then that'd be a cool cool way to fuse in monster hunter gameplay into horizons new mmo apparently with nc soft but i was also saying that my biggest issue with mmos is that i feel like they always lack in the gameplay department and it always sounds better Like on paper than it does in reality because remember when Elder Scrolls Online came out, everybody was like, oh my god, it's Skyrim with Friends but that's not really what it turned out to be. Not at
1: all. Not even close.
2: Mm -hmm. I personally... I just went on like a five minute tangent.
1: Excellent. That's exactly it. Thank you very much for that. I uh, (laughs) am back and ready to talk. Not really about Horizon as I don't have that much experience with it. I played about half of the first title and maybe dabbled in maybe an hour or two of Forbidden West but The only thing I guess I would have to say about this, which I don't know if you kind of already touched on it, is just that it seems like a lot for a series that's still kind of young. They're trying to do a lot with it.
2: I -hmm. I did not talk about that. And they're doing,
1: you know, not to forget that there is also Horizon Show in the works, but this is just something that we, you know, we just got to get used to because even though this is a PlayStation podcast, it's, I, I think there's a, gears of war recently announced i think either a show or a movie coming to netflix i
2: think it's both it's a live action movie and an animated show which is like i mean completely (laughs) fucking irrelevant like y'all can't even release a
1: game but not trying to hate i'm obviously saying this with comedic intent just that it's a lot and some series I understand it a little bit more than others. Like with Last of Us, I'm not like, I don't need a show, but I get it. You have something that you think is really Mm -hmm. special and you've got a good production team and good actors behind it. So you think you've got something to show us. That makes sense. Even with cyberpunk and edge runners, you know, anime style spinoffs for these kind of series have worked well right we've seen castlevania be really good but it's these kind of live actions and these other ones where like okay do we really need twisted metal a fallout show a god of war spinoff an uncharted movie it's just i'm curious to see if last of us can prove that live action can be done really well because for now animated i know can be done well but i don't know that live action can be done really well
2: yeah yeah but I was also saying about Horizon that, at least for an, in an MMO aspect, the world does have enough lore, and it's it's a rich enough world where I can see it kind of working out. But overall, I agree with you. This is way too much for a series that's like five years old at this point. And then we're going to have... We've already announced three games with a, you, a th- with a remake including one of those and then a TV show. Like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like TV shows and stuff like that, those are, those belong to the legacy series in games. You can't do a TV show of like kind of a new series because it's, I don't know. It's not going to draw people to it. But I mean, I, what, what am I talking about? Cyberpunk did it and Cyberpunk younger than Horizon and it seemed to be successful. But so. it was animated. And Cyberpunk. It was animated Te- and I think that helps. technically
1: speaking is. is older older as an IP and it is kind of like a genre of its own. If I'm being really, I'm forgetting the word. There's a word for it. When you focus on like
2: particular, it's close to
1: particular, but it's when you're focusing on the definitions of words too much. Anyway, regardless of this, Now, we're not mentioning here either that I didn't finish Forbidden West and I know you didn't finish Forbidden West, not to be any kind of spoiler, but from what I've heard, the second one ends very much in a way that there will be a third title. So even though we're not saying it here, it seems like from the people who have finished it that like there will probably be a third title too. So they're really going all hands on deck with Horizon as a series.
2: Yeah, and... I guess that's kind of what we're going to expect to see with this new PlayStation, fewer games, multiple projects in these universes that people seem to care about and seem to love. And that's just kind of that's what's kind of scary about PlayStation right now is I don't really see many new ideas coming out of it. I just see a lot of we're going to dive into these worlds that we know work. And, you know, it's a little bit creatively bankrupt if you ask me my true opinion about it. But hopefully now, like. like i'm excited with god of war ragnarok but what i'm most excited about is what santa monica is doing next because this is what this is the end of this norse mythology but i hope they don't use that as like a like a a little backdoor way well this is the norse mythology ending but now we're going to do egyptian gods and stuff like that i hope this is like the ending of god of war which they didn't flat out say so that kind of does leave that, that that door open for that but i'm excited to see what santa monica does after god of war i'm excited to see what naughty dog does after the last of us i'm excited to see what gorilla does outside of horizon and i'm excited to see cyber or sucker punch do something outside of ghosts of tsushima because i already know that this that can be a two three game series and i would rather see new things and the same thing with insomniac being tied to marvel now it's a little upset yeah
1: i agree A hundred percent. I actually thought talking about God of War and I promised to anyone listening that I didn't see any spoilers or anything like that. So I have no clue. I'm not. I'm saying I didn't see anything. I promise. But I when you talked about that, like, oh, this is the end of the Norse mythology when it was starting to get tens from different outlets. I was trying to think of like, well, what could I see that would be surprising and could make it that level and i was like i wonder if they're gonna throw you into different styles of mythologies throughout the story that would be be cool i I haven't like i I said i don't think that i mean it probably isn't i haven't played it i haven't seen anything about it but just taking a shot in the dark i thought about that being like i I mean that would be fun if if at some point they did kind of like blend you into other mythologies because that would that would be a mm-hmm. very easy way to have like insane set pieces and people to be like, oh shit, this is crazy.
2: Just yeah, and that last trailer showed off some pretty. Sick I'm just set wondering pieces. what
1: makes it a ten. I'll be very excited to play it for sure. Definitely. But do you have anything else to
2: say about Horizon for now? Uh no, I mean, I loved the series, and it seems like I'm already getting tired of it, and it's only two games, which is sad.
1: Yeah. It. Yeah. I mean it can happen I think in terms of what you're saying with the bankruptcy of the creativity in the Sony's first party I mean we need to see some kind of state of player showcase showing what they have in the works for years on I know that they've been saying recently that kind of with God of War that's going to mark their ending of what they had considered their first two years or their kind of launch title games but they had been spread out and delayed due to the pandemic so I'm excited to see uh, what they'll say, but kind of moving on to something else that'll be exclusive, at least for a period of time, is Final Fantasy 16 will be a PS5 console exclusives in quotes for six months, according to Sony Marketing. So in a new marketing video for Sony published earlier this week, a clip can be seen of Final Fantasy 16, along with the disclaimer at the bottom of the screen that reads, Final Fantasy 16, anticipated summer 2023, PS5 exclusive for six months now back in 2020 when the game was originally revealed we were treated to the splash screen saying it would be a PlayStation console exclusive with an asterisk and then at the bottom of the screen in parentheses it said also available on PC however that was part of the reveal stream but when you look at the uploaded version that we now have on YouTube and various other places the trailer splash screen just says PlayStation 5 and doesn't have that original screen now Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate did come to PC approximately six months after launch, so people think that this six months of exclusivity is probably just for PC, but I did want to bring up... I didn't actually write it here in the notes, but I was thinking about it later on, that I wanted to bring up... We recently had the reveal of the Silent Hill 2 console-exclusive in quotes, (laughs) and I think that was a similar thing where they didn't really say exactly what the scenario would be for it. Like, it's probably going to come to PC after six months because it's just a console exclusive but i i don't understand the confusing nature of this wording especially i know that people on xbox have been struggling with final fantasy 7 saying that would only have a year ex- of exclusivity and that has never released so what, what do you think about this
2: um I think it's really weird. PlayStation's kind of being a little shady, like Xbox was in the beginning of the Xbox One era. Yeah,
1: because it doesn't matter for us, suckers.
2: We get it either way. <laughs> yeah, it really, yeah, it doesn't make, Yeah, Fuck yeah, I got it anyways, but... Um, it reminds me of Xbox One where they were like... Remember they were being really shady with the Shadow of the Tomb Raider? Not Shadow. Shadow of the Tomb Raider is the like second one. Rise of the Tomb Raider. But they're like, it's an exclusive. And they're like, but like forever or whatever? And then they're like, nah, it's like a one-year exclusive. So Sony's being a little shady with that. It does seem like a little bit like the Japanese companies are teaming up and, and the studios and stuff like that are going against the con- like conglomerate, which is Microsoft buying up everything. But... Final Fantasy has PlayStation. I mean, it has Nintendo roots, but then it has PlayStation roots with Final Fantasy 7 and on. So I don't really see too much of an issue. I don't think many of the Final Fantasy games were playable originally on Xbox until the Xbox One, this Xbox One generation, because the series generation still hasn't gotten really any Xbox or Final Fantasy games. So. It's kind of weird. It's the same thing with uh, Metal Gear Solid, where like Metal Gear Solid Five was like the first playable Metal Gear on Xbox. Like it was the first one that was simultaneously released on both. So definitely, I don't know. Okay. just be more clear with the wording. I think is what I would prefer. Just if it's say what you say what you mean and mean what you say. I
1: mean, definitely weird times for us for sure. Because in addition to this, there is a separate report saying that japanese developed Ghostwire tokyo which was exclusive on playstation 5 is going to come to xbox so that'll be kind of well
2: that's yeah, different because
1: I mean, bethesda well, was purchased true, but,
2: by microsoft but it's
1: still a it's still just like uh there's there's like things that you have to keep track of like it's just not clearly mm-hmm. stated you're right that is different because bethesda yeah. was purchased by them so it'll be similar to death loop but I don't know why. For some reason, with Ghostwire, I didn't think of it like Deathloop. I, I think because it was Japanese developed, I was like, "Yeah, it, it makes sense to stay on Sony." But of course, yeah, it's just part of the part of the deal. So
2: it's the same thing with Persona. Yeah. It's like these are because like of- kind of like unwritten contracts in a weird way. Yeah, for sure. But
1: so. This will be coming out uh, around sometime in summer. I know that they have said that the game is close to completion. They're kind of just in the process of clearing up bugs and overall polish of the game. So I guess not really even in relation to the exclusivity, but are you excited for Final Fantasy XVI?
2: Uh, possibly. <laughs> I, w- I really love Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Like That was a contender for me in 2020 for game of the year, game of the year 2020 had a, like a lot of good games. Last of Us part two and ghost, of, uh, ghost of Tsushima, but final fantasy seven remake really, really got me. You know, I was not expecting to like fall in love with that game. And the combat was like amazing. I don't know what the combat will be in final fantasy 16. I feel like each final fantasy game has its own kind of little flavor and adds a little thing here or there to it. I will be interested to obviously dive into it. See, obviously, you know, Gardner. See what the reviews are saying. Is this one going to be good? Is this one going to be bad? But I'm a pretty casual Final Fantasy fan at best. So I'll I'll basically be like, see how the reviews go. See how the reception is. I would say
1: I'm exactly the same. I think, like you said, a casual Final Fantasy fan is a good way of putting it. I end up playing a lot of the games, but I don't end up finishing almost any of them. So
2: I did platinum Final Fantasy VII, which is a very hard-ass I mean, platinum because the game is actually. i need to get or. to
1: that at some point i played final fantasy 15 for a long time and didn't i wouldn't say didn't like it i enjoyed <laughs> it it just kept doing things that would frustrate and then me. i just
2: shit it on it one time <laughs> i think so no,
1: probably yeah that used to be a tendency but we've moved <laughs> we, you know we moved on to greener pastures so everything's all right now we've yeah grown. we've grown Really matured as people. And you know how you know that we've matured as both just kind of adults and gamers? Was hmm. that we're drinking Mountain Dew for fucking Mountain Dew skins and eating links baby. Get your little Caesar feet. Yeah, yeah, so Bye. Now, the thing that I was gonna close this out with, right, for us is we're gonna be back to Call of Duty here. So Call of Duty will be getting a, in quotes, full premium release in 2023, Full circle, rumored to be a Modern Warfare 2 expansion. So during its Q3 2022 earning meeting, Activision said that they have plans for the most robust Call of Duty live operations to date, the next full premium release in the Blockbuster annual series. Funny that you're saying annual just after you told us that they're not annual anymore. And even more engaging free-to-play experiences across all platforms. So Like I just said, it has already been confirmed that Modern Warfare 2 will be supported for two years, so this marketing is pretty confusing, so this kind of will help you break it down, but it's still a little bit confusing. The full premium release, or how they word that, uh, is is thought to be that it will be a Modern Warfare 2 expansion with single-player and multiplayer content. We've already heard rumors about there being a campaign expansion, and a Modern Warfare 2 kind of classic multiplayer map. So there have been rumblings about some kind of expansion. So this is kind of saying that they're probably just going to charge $70 for some kind of Modern Warfare 2 expansion. Now, something that I was a little (laughs) bit surprised about on this for sure is that this was reported by Jason Schreier, and he's very trustworthy. So I believe what he's saying here. He's saying that in addition to this report being the case, the expansion is being developed by Sledgehammer, not Infinity Ward. So Sledgehammer is supposed to be the ones that have been working on this expansion, and the next actual full release will be by Treyarch in 2024. So, I mean, Joe, definitely I'm going to need you to to mic up here. I want to hear your opinions because this is Call of Duty related, and we know that you're being a degenerate with us here on the battlefield. But... I don't know how to feel about this because I. Call of Duty in recent years have, you know, you get your battle passes and they're going to juice the shit out of you for skins and stuff like that. But they haven't really been like having you pay for map packs or any kind of expansion. So I feel a little bit weird about this. And them saying that it's by Sledgehammer doesn't instill a lot of confidence in me, especially considering something I was really excited about with Modern Warfare 2 and specifically Warzone 2 was to have two years of support just from Infinity Ward. That's what I wanted.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty iffy on this too. Pretty iffy on this.
1: Yeah, not to mention that during this earnings call, they note that even though Vanguard was 2021's best-selling game, it still performed well under what is expected out of the Call of Duty franchise. So I... Yeah, they have to give them some kind of job to do, but yeah, they
0: they want to keep them working, but I mean at our expense, at the expense of uh well, yeah. let's see what happens. You know, let's but see what happens. I guess this happens.
1: could be some kind of exclam- explanation for the people who were playing Vanguard saying that it didn't have a lot of support post launch. Although we none of us purchased it, so that's actually the first uh, yeah we a long time we all skipped.
0: Yeah, which is pretty interesting, you know. Like usually we don't skip those and nobody was enthused about it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't I don't know why either. I don't know why. you yeah,
1: a lot of chin scratching over there. You got any opinions on this? Are you formulating a nice uh, just, nice thought for us?
2: I'm just thinking cuz Sludgehammer making the full premium release which is they're just gearing us up to pay $70 for uh, Model 1 for Two Story Expansion and some new maps, but what my where I'm most concerned about is does this mean Sludge over Sludgehammers taking over for Warzone development? Because that's where Warzone faltered once it trades hands with whoever's mainly handling it. So that's where I'm a little concerned about Sludgehammers involvement as a whole.
1: Maybe yeah, you're right. Maybe you know? maybe Infinity Ward and their other support studios are gonna handle Warzone. And then we know that they made a movement towards all future releases are going to try to be within the same engine. Are they going to try to share similar engines? So maybe Infinity Ward and support teams will work on Warzone. Sledgehammer will work on this single-player expansion and multiplayer expansion because there's not that much at risk doing that. And then they'll just have Treyarch head Mm -hmm. some kind of experience in 2024. You know, I mean, if... If the expansion comes out and it's not really noticeable that it's a different team, then I don't really mind. The single player, I'm kind of whatever on. I guess the multiplayer content. I wonder.
2: It'll be most I wonder what
1: that really means because if you're going to charge seventy, you're going to be having seasons of content, adding a couple of maps here and there and a couple of weapons. So are you going to charge seventy for like sixty or seventy weapons at a time? Because if that is the case. Maybe for multiplayer, that's fine. But that was always an issue with Warzone being like, OK, well, now how mm-hmm. are we going to integrate all of these weapons? But then again, those were from different engines. So I guess we'll just have to see because if they're made for the same engine, then they might integrate more smoothly than they did before. So I don't know.
2: I it think, feels yeah, weird. It's I think that's what definitely uncharted to
1: territory. All I know is that, that just means that they're trying to juice more cash.
2: And the most important thing, that which I'm surprised you haven't brought up, is that this expansion needs to have its own separate That platform. is very true. And then that's, that's the most important thing. That is thing very here. true. That's
1: an excellent point you're bringing up. Actually, though, if they do, make it a little bit easier than Modern Warfare 2's, because Modern Warfare 2's Platinum is not that easy. It's not, not easy? Really. It's not hard, I guess, but it's a lot of... Uh, no collectibles, which is nice, but it's...
2: Yeah, a lot, of, yeah, a lot of
1: those, you know, fucking chapter specific. Be in the water, do a three sixty no scope on ten enemies in under a minute. That <laughs> kind of shit. It's a lot
2: of those, but mm-hmm. yeah, if it has a separate platinum, I mean, yeah, I didn't unlock many. I didn't unlock many trophies. I while have two trophies, the and
1: the trophy list is only twenty five trophies, which is, is not a lot.
2: Yeah. But I mean, we know where the story's heading when you beat the Modern Warfare 2 campaign. It's clearly where it's heading to, and that's where the probably the expansion is going to pick up from. But uh, this is whatever. This is just uh, kind of like whatever. I need to see more from it to see really what it is to enthuse me. Because like you said, this is Uncharted Water, so I need to see if they're going to do it properly or not. I agree, not.
1: for sure. Like, if... Is this premium release? If they're going to add a bunch of guns, are you going to add them and also do what Warzone did before, where you have challenges to unlock the weapons, and you don't actually have to pay seventy, mm-hmm. or is it just going to be completely locked off and you have to pay seventy? Because I don't. It, yeah, we should see. see I agree. It's confusing. But talked a lot about mm-hmm. Modern Warfare Two prior, so I don't really have that much else to say other than this is confusing. But know that. When they say full premium release, you're not actually getting like a new title. You're just gonna get something that's gonna be adding to Modern Warfare 2, whatever that's gonna be called or how they're gonna market it.
2: Yeah, but um, have any do you have any closing thoughts, Mark? This is a pretty girthy episode. Do you have anything else you I have want to share with the, I have, with the
1: audience? I guess all I will say is that I'm excited for you guys to see the Jack Link skin, but that's all I have to say
2: and also everyone
1: who is in the path of this coming storm be safe and all that jazz hope you still have power and internet so you can play god of war with us coming out tomorrow oh and also shout out
2: sonic frontiers not getting ass reviews oh yeah sonic frontiers with the shocking seven and a couple positive reviews i've heard i saw game ranks video they said that it's possibly are they well he said falcon said that it's the best 3d sonic which i was like well what i mean it's probably not hard with. to do
1: but Is yeah right?
2: but he said it was better than colors did didn't you like colors? colors which one you like generations I like, you like generations I like, a lot and then i know the the, the remixed one. yeah everybody liked that one. yeah and
1: I, I mean i liked a bunch of them i didn't play colors though
2: yeah, so this apparently, this new Sonic game, best open worlds, or not best open worlds, because the first one, but best 3D Sonic in a long, cool. long time. That's all I've got. But, uh, but yeah, that's all we have. Like Mark said, stay safe out there for our local Floridians. This is the Gopher Bronze podcast. We love you. <laughs> The Gopher
0: Bronze Podcast is a production of Gopher Bronze LLC. Copyright 2022. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so via email at, at gmail.com. Stop
1: with my dreams. You
0: can check out our YouTube channel at Gopher Bronze, Twitch at Gopher Bronze Pod, Instagram at Gopher Bronze Pod, and Twitter at Gopher Bronze Pod. <laughs> Till next time,
2: this is the Big Dog.